Hi, I'm Stacy. I love talking about how to know and live out God's callings in our lives, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in comfy armchairs. You can head to my website, stacysummero.com, for more on discernment. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y-S-U-M-E-R-E-A-U.com. friends. It is so good to be back. Man, I missed you guys on the last episode, but I could not talk. I had totally lost my voice. The episode before that, I had a concussion. So you can tune into that one with Dr. Edwards three to hear me sounding a little bit loopy. So my health has just been all over the place. And I'm a little concerned that my husband outshone me since he did the intro and the outro for the last episode. But you know what? Humility, humility. I got to acknowledge my husband's pretty great. (laughs) So thanks for tuning in today. Um, I wanted to ask for your prayers. Um, My health is is fine, but my dad's health is unfortunately not in a great place right now. He's been diagnosed with either stage three or stage four lymphoma, which is cancer of the lymph system. So it's the spleen and any lymph nodes throughout your body. So we are just praying for him so much. And uh, I just invite you to join us. It's a very uncertain time for my family. We tried an experimental treatment and unfortunately that did not work. And so now he's on chemotherapy. So he's about to lose all his hair. So, uh, please just pray for him and pray for my family. Um, I know that God is carrying through, carrying us through it. And there's so much grace in this time that I'm already seeing. I will be praying a St. Peregrine Novena to conclude on November 22nd. And I'm not just going to pray for my dad. I'm going to include the intentions of anyone who is suffering from cancer. So if you have been diagnosed with cancer or someone you love, please know that I am praying for for you as well. On to happier things. I am speaking in just a couple of days at the National Catholic Youth Conference. This will be my third time speaking at NCYC in Indianapolis. So if you are going to NCYC, please come to my booth. Come and say hello. I would love, love, love to meet you. Um, And I'm just going to be selling some beautiful prints and t-shirts, which you can also see on my website, stacysummerow.com, if you're not able to make it to the National Catholic Youth Conference. So please pray for my mission, pray for my talk, pray for my booth. I'm so, so, so excited to connect with y'all there. If you want another way to connect with me, I have a Patreon page. Now, if you don't know anything about Patreon, it is a way for artists and creators to create sustainable income. So I have a separate show called Coffee Sips, which you will get exclusive access to if you join for just $5 a month. And I have some very, very, very exciting initiatives planned for 2020 to really make Patreon into a community for my listeners. Visit patreon.com slash called and caffeinated to learn more. Today's episode is sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters of Baltimore. Now, y'all know, if you are a regular listener, that I recommend that every person discern religious life. There are so many amazing Carmelite saints, including St. Teresa of Avila and St. Therese of Lisieux, some of my very favorites. And these Carmelite sisters live out that tradition in a multi-generational and multinational community, striving to share the love of God with our world, which is so in need. You can visit the sisters' website at Baltimore carmel.org. Great. So let's get to the episode. Today's guest is a real delight, Annie Deddens of Pray More Novenas. We're going to be talking about what novenas are for and also how to not use a novena. So novenas are a nine-day prayer that are very helpful in discerning a decision. So I wanted to throw this tool out there to you guys and interview Annie 
and make sure that you have every discernment resource possible. So stick around after the episode to hear me singing a little bit, um, a nice little Advent Thanksgiving tune, and I hope you enjoy Annie Deddens as much as I do. Here she is. Annie, thank you so much for coming onto Called and Caffeinated to be my guest. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. And are you drinking a beverage right now? Yes, I have a hot ginger tea in my hands. Ooh, that sounds really good. Yeah. Are you like Jones and for fall or something? I kind <laughs> it's of like a fall drink. Yeah, it's a spicy, warm drink. You know, I like to crank our air conditioning up um, nice. when I'm really in the mood for like feeling like cold weather's coming, even though it's really hot outside here right now. Um, okay. Then to have that like cold and warm drink at the same time, that's kind of like my perfect drink moment. I love it. Yeah. So you're a cold weather girl? For the most part. Yeah. I've lived in environments that are like both. So I feel like I've had a chance to like feel out what I like. I mm. like a fall day probably the best. Oh yeah. Fall what about you? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Fall, I would say is my, is my second favorite. Um, uh-huh. Spring is most definitely my favorite because I'm a yeah. warm weather kind of person, but yeah. like the hundred degree weather, you know, that's a little much. Um, and I, I like being able to like be comfortable in shorts or sorry, in uh, sh- shorts and shirts with sleeves. Yeah. Whereas summer, I always gravitate towards like sleeveless. I just hate the feeling of sleeves. But spring is yeah. perfect because you're not too hot or too cold and everything's blooming. I love mm-hmm. it. It is a really beautiful season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Annie, what calls have you received from God in your life so far? And what have those calls looked and felt like? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this um, throughout the years because I feel like there was a time in my life where they were more apparent than they are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think we all go through seasons of feeling them and knowing that God's calling us to do something and then other times where it's not so clear. Mm -hmm. Um, But one that really came to my mind was I studied broadcast journalism and my background is in that. That's what I worked towards and worked for for so much of my life before I left that career. And I remember it being a big part of my identity. Um, It was something I was so passionate about. And I really feel that my pursuit of that was the call from God. And the way that I look at that is because um, I was passionate about it. And I had a lot of peace when I did it. And it came naturally to me. And I think that when you have some of those things kind of adding up is when you can understand that. Uh, this isn't a coincidence. This has to be um, the Holy Spirit at work. Maybe the Lord is calling me in this direction. Mm-hmm. And so many beautiful things happened because I was pursuing um, that career. And one of them was eventually meeting my husband. Um, I had ended up interviewing him for a story. That's how I met him. That's so cool. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that was absolutely set up by God in a sense. Yeah. Um, that that call would eventually take me there, you know? Mm -hmm. And then actually really around that time that I met my husband, I had been working as an editor at a newspaper. And I remember feeling like I couldn't practice my faith uh, very publicly in the work that I was doing. And to some degree, I felt like I was doing things I didn't agree with um, in my job, writing editorials, things that I couldn't fully stand behind. Mm-hmm. And I was contemplating, well, what else could I do where I could 
be more vocal about my faith and even just grow in it myself? Um, and where could I be like more surrounded by people who are pursuing those same interests? And so just a few months before I met John Paul, I had made that decision to leave the newspaper. And I started thinking, I need to do more stories when I'm reporting, more stories that incorporate my faith. Mm. And the story that was my first one I did for a radio station, it was on the local 40 Days for Life campaign. Oh, and that nice. was great when I interviewed John Paul for. Okay. How, what was his involvement? Was he, let's see. It's so funny. I remember someone giving me his name and number and being like, this is the pro-life guy in town. So you need to <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. That's a good way to be known. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So his yeah. involvement was at the local level. He was like the instigator of the, of the campaign. Yeah. In years okay. past, he had led the local 40 days for life campaign and he had started years ago at this point I don't know how many years ago he started it more than 10 it was a local nonprofit um, that was basically to mentor college students so that they could um, I'm trying to think of the words they want to mentor the college students to become like skilled virtuous pro-life leaders so they could build up a culture of life awesome. and so he had started that and I think that's how he became known as the pro-life guy around town <laughs> that is so great my parents used to um lead a 40 days for life chapter in uh in their hometown in Manassas and oh, wow. uh, yeah they did it every day they were very dedicated so it's wonderful work I know it's very effective that campaign yeah, it's beautiful. And I remember just being touched by learning how peaceful of a movement it is. Yes. Um, I always thought a peaceful, prayerful type of public stance is something that's very attractive to me, you know? Totally. My dad, because they usually do it during Lent, my dad would get up and go, I think he was like five to six in the morning was his slot that he would oh, go wow. every day. Mm -hmm. And he did it every single day, I think even on the weekends. And towards the end of the 40 days, this guy, like this car pulled over and this guy got out and he was like, I do not agree with your viewpoint, but like, I am, I, I just really respect how convicted you are. Cause I see you here every day. Yeah. And yeah. It was really neat. It was like this acknowledgement that like, wow, you're, you really have made me think about this in a deeper way just by being here. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. I could absolutely see how that happens a lot. And we probably have no, um, no bigger picture in our mind of what it's doing for other people who are just witnessing that. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Especially if you're fortunate enough to be well by yourself, that's powerful. But also if there are strength in numbers, um, yeah. that's that can really make people take notice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. So um, I want to know about how you guys built Pray More Novenas, because it's such a genius idea. It's so simple, as so many of the best ideas are, and it's just, it answers a really basic struggle that so many of us have, which honestly I've had with every single novena, no matter how important the, <laughs> it, it's like trying to do the Marian total consecration, no matter how dedicated you are and how convicted you are, it's like, I just forget, I just forget. So you guys started <laughs> Pray More Novenas and you kind of solved this problem for all of us where you actually send email reminders for novenas. So how did that start? Yeah, um, this was about nine years ago mm. and the, it's, it's a long story, but basically before I met John Paul, I had heard about women um, who were praying the St. Anne Novena 
to meet a future husband. Mm-hmm. And I figured I would give it a try. Uh, I had heard of someone who had worked for them. And so I remember like Googling the St. Anne Novena and I found one and then I printed it out and took it with me to the chapel every morning with, uh, with me for like this holy hour that I was doing. Mm. And, uh, when I was leaving the chapel every day, I remember noticing this man in the back of the chapel. And I thought to myself, as I'm praying this novena, I'd like my future husband to be someone who's also starting their day in prayer and someone taking it seriously like that guy. Mm. And so when I met John Paul, he ended up being that guy. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And so I remember thinking like, okay, so a novena led me to him. Um, Months later in our relationship, I asked him if he would mind praying a novena with me. I think it was the Immaculate Conception novena. Okay. And he actually was like not that interested because he said just what you were saying. He tried to pray novenas in the past and never finished them. And he said he felt really guilty about that. And mm-hmm. he just didn't want to start something that he felt he couldn't follow through on and finish and, you know, feel like he did a good job praying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said no. And I, I felt pretty disappointed because I was thinking, I want a husband who'll pray with me. (laughs) And so I was like rethinking the relationship um, just a little bit. And a few days later, he came back to me and he was like, you know, I thought about it and it's not really a good enough reason to not pray with you that I'm afraid of like not finishing each day and not remembering it. Mm -hmm. And so he said, and so I just started this website called Pray More Novenas. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, what? What is that? (laughs) But uh, John Paul has like always been an entrepreneur. He comes up with more ideas than I can count. And this was like a natural thing for him to do. Whereas I was like, oh, interesting. A website. Okay. (laughs) What are you thinking with this? And he was like, you know, I think we're just going to get a lot of people to pray novenas. I think more people would pray them if we could help them. And I was like, I I really don't think a lot of people are interested in novenas because it seems like a really old school type of thing. And then, you know, it just like all proved me wrong because month after month it began to grow and we had people joining us. And it just beyond surprised me that people wanted to pray novenas and wanted to do it with us. It's been an amazing journey. Yeah, that's so awesome. And what, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs um, like, well, myself, who's growing uh, ministry, but then there's a lot of people out there who are, um, I've connected with a lot of Catholic creatives who are starting out, whether that's, you know, making bracelets or uh, they're singers or whatever. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs who want to be in, kind of in the creative world out there, um, you know, doing ministry? Yeah. I think something that's been really helpful for um, for myself has been to kind of find other people who are doing that type of work and become close with them just to have their support and understanding mm-hmm. of this thing, which is so unique sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, the kinds of things that people are creating are so different and so out there sometimes that maybe you're not able to necessarily um, – tell people about it at your normal day job who get it or who are passionate about that type of work too. And I feel like it is so important to have a community of people who do get what you're passionate about Mm -hmm. and 
who when you're having a bad day or you're feeling doubtful about what you're doing can encourage you to keep going and say, no, I see the good in this. Um, just keep trying another day. And I feel like that doubt thing is also a big thing that keeps people from trying new things or trying the big thing they've got in their mind. And I haven't found like the best answer to that, but I, I think one thing that helps me is just remembering that like, we're never going to be a hundred percent sure of something we're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll never be 100% ready, but we just have to try and see how it goes. And to remember, like, we can handle whatever whatever happens after you release or create that thing that you've done. And if you're passionate about it, and if you're prayerful about it, I think it's going to touch somebody's heart, and it's going to resonate with somebody. And even if it's just one other person, I think God can do amazing things through that kind of connection. Absolutely. And, uh, and I love what you said, too, about like not being 100% ready, but doing it anyway. Um, yeah. One of my creative entrepreneur heroes, um, Marie Forleo, she's a wonderful influencer. And she uh, really has helped me sort of grow my ministry. And she always says, start before you're ready. And I just feel like that empowers me to just step out and be like, you know what, this is not perfect, but I'm doing it. And I'm going to trust that somebody is going to resonate with this. So I love it. I love that. Yeah. My husband, years ago, he was reading this book and I just remember the title, but nothing else. It was something like, um, uh, from don't let, don't let being what something about like great or good. Okay. I don't remember the title, but I remember <laughs> the gist of it was like, don't let like you're wanting your product to be perfect. Stop you from putting out what you could put out right now because mm-hmm. it could start moving people's hearts like right now. Um, yep. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Absolutely. Yes. I think back to the earliest talks I gave and they weren't really that good. Like <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I was really trying, but then, but then sometimes you get feedback from somebody who remembers one of those talks and they were like, yeah, like that was great. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I've come so far. Like, <laughs> almost like, don't say, like, I'm embarrassed to remember what I used to do. But then, you know, with, it's, it's a stepping stone and you had to do that in order to do the next thing, to do the next thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so let's talk about some novenas. I want to talk about, I want to talk about novenas in general. And I had a priest friend over for dinner last week um, and we were sitting around talking and he brought up this situation totally out of the blue. I'm so glad he did um, because it was, I was going to be recording you this week. And so but, uh, he talked about a young man who was uh, told him that he was praying in Ovina to find out if he was meant to marry his future, uh, his girlfriend, if he was meant to marry her. And uh, this dear priest friend of ours was, he said he like flipped out on him and he's like, how dare you treat God like that? And he's like, what, what are you going to, what's the sign that you're going to receive? Like, how are you going to know if you pray a novena? Like, what's going to be the sign that says yes or no? Like, you, you can't treat God like that. Like, God's not an answer sheet in the sky, you know? And so it, there's definitely a wrong way to use a novena. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I think sometimes, um, as with a lot of different areas of our discernment, we can start to look for signs when, in fact, God wants us to have the responsibility to choose ourselves. Um, so wh- what's like a wrong way to use a, a novena and what's the right way to use a novena? 
Yeah, well, something we come across a lot um, over the past couple of years is the idea that if I pray this novena every day, it's a nine-day prayer leading up usually to a feast day. doesn't have to be. But they think, some people think, if I do all these prayers and if I'm consistent and if I finish it, then God has to answer it. Mm-hmm. And they maybe think, uh, if he doesn't, like, did I do something wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of an attitude that we encounter a lot. Um, and so the wrong way, I guess you could pray one is to do it in this like really expectant manner that God has to give you what you're asking for just because you're committing to it. Right. Mm. Um, and I would say maybe the right way to pray it is really, uh, in the mindset and openness that Jesus had in the garden in Gethsemane when he was praying, um, for the father's will and, we need to remember to always be open to that. And we try to make sure that's included in our novenas because it's easy to become um, hyper-focused on the intention and to be less focused on what God may want in our life. And so we try to make that the right priority in our prayers. Right, right. And, I, you know, the, the, it, it's an interesting distinction to say, like, to pray with the expectancy that it's going to you know, whatever you want is going to come to fruition because we should pray with confidence, but it may not be in the timing that we want or in the way that we want, but it will be at least something, um, it will be at least either the intention or something better, which I think is really helpful to remember too, that God hears your prayer and he's not necessarily going to answer it after nine days, but it may be answered years down the road and it might be so much better than if he had answered it in the way you wanted it at the time. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to remember just that prayer exists for us to have a relationship with God. And so Mm -hmm. regardless of what happens um, from our prayer, whether God is showing us clearly uh, how he's working in our intention or not, uh, we are spending time speaking with him and we're spending time thinking of him. Mm -hmm. And that's the fruit of all prayer because that's why prayer exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I feel like just remembering that we're working on our relationship with him. That's mm-hmm. like a good that we get today because we're praying today. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we might not get to see God answer the prayer for like the intention that we're praying for. Yes, totally. Because our inheritance, our, our inheritance, the kingdom of heaven is God himself who is goodness, truth, and beauty, who is better than really anything that we could want in this world. So ultimately, it's, it's a win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious about, I guess this leads to, like, what is the history of a novena? Like, why would you pray a novena for nine days instead of just doing any other form of prayer? Yeah, uh, we take this from when Jesus told his disciples to pray after he ascended into heaven. And he said um, in 10 days, he would send down the Holy Spirit after they would pray for nine days. So we take novenas out of that. And not just like my husband and I, that's how novenas were created. Mm -hmm. um, Based Mm -hmm. from that pattern of nine days of prayer leading up to something, usually a feast day um, or some other normal thing going on in your life, like a job interview or uh, your wedding or someone you know is going to have surgery so mm. it's just like a way to be I guess more intentional and dedicated for nine days before something big and a way I really like to think about it 
is that in our church, we have these seasons, the liturgical seasons, mm-hmm. and then a novena often feels like it can be that because we can be praying it up to something that's a celebration, or we can mm-hmm. be praying it leading up to something that we're afraid of. And I think that both are important in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And it is kind of, it's it's like a conscious, I not thought of it this way before, but it's kind of like a conscious um preparation for whatever is going to happen. It's just saying to God, like, I'm taking this time to be with you as I enter into this decision. So it's like a perfect thing to do when you're discerning anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what are some of the discernment novenas that you can recommend? I know there's probably a million and, um, you know, many, many novenas to different saints for special intentions that we won't even mention here. But uh, what are some of the ones that stand out to you? Yeah, um, I would, the th- ones that come to my mind are probably some of the more popular ones. It's interesting. Um, we email back and forth with people, what they're praying for, how we're praying for them. And so I feel like I have a good grasp on what some of the biggest intentions are that people mm-hmm. are praying during our novenas. So for instance, like the St. Joseph novena, I know a lot of people pray this novena when they're discerning, uh, what to study or when they're discerning. Hmm. moving, buying or selling a house or discerning, switching jobs, trying to get interviews for a new job or trying to leave a different job in their past. So that's one. um, That's one of our more popular ones, usually in the springtime. And then, of course, the St. Anne Novena is a really big one for people who are discerning um, marriage and discerning whether the person they're with is someone they should stay with or someone they should consider marrying. Hmm. And then... The St. Therese Novena, her feast day, I think, is October 1st. That is one that I know a lot of people pray for when they're discerning the call to religious life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many novenas can be just like that. If you think about a saint and their life story and you find something specific about their life that maybe relates to your intention, then I would say that novena is a good one for your discernment in that area of your life, whatever that might be. Yes. And if you don't know where to get started finding out more about the saints, Meg Hunter Kilmer is going to be a guest on my podcast. By the time this is actually released, she probably will, her episode will probably come uh, before this one. So she's awesome. If you go to her podcast, um, Hobo for Christ, and she has all these saint stories and saint stories for children, which is really, really cool. She, she's a good storyteller. Yeah. 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 Funny story about the St. Therese Novena. So I'm not the Novena guru, but I did pray the St. Therese Novena when I was discerning religious life. And I was praying it specifically to find out whether or not I should do the reality TV show, um, the sisterhood becoming nuns, because I, I was so conflicted about it. I had some people telling me, do not do this show. But at the same time, I had checked it out and it seemed like they were going to do a good job with it. And I'd asked all these questions and I kind of had peace about it, but not entirely. So I went ahead and prayed the novena. And then before I went on the show, um, I was, I I guess I should say uh, the ninth day of the novena, I was visiting the Little Sisters of the Poor. And that wasn't part of the TV show. That was just my own, you know, visit with them. And we went to this carnival. They were like, oh, you know, the local parish where we go begging has asked us to come and be a pre- present at this carnival. And so I went with them and this woman walked up and handed each the sisters and me a flower. And I just thought that was really cool because you're supposed to get either a rose or a flower or something like that from 
St. Therese if your intention is being answered. So I was like, okay. Nobody in years had, well, ever in my life had walked up to me and just like given me a flower, random people. Don't do that. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe somebody's going to send me flowers, but I didn't have a boyfriend. So it was like, I don't know how this would even happen. Like, you know, and I was like hoping it would be really clear. Like I won't just see a flower sitting on the road and then have to be like, Oh God, did you mean, did you mean yes? Or was this just like a random flower that I found, you know? So it was very clear because she actually handed, she put a flower in my hands. I was like, Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And, um, it was, it was doubly cool because I was there at a street carnival with nuns who were like, like by me putting myself in, um, uh, in the way of discernment, if you will, you know, by actually taking action and visiting a convent, that was how mm-hmm. I came into this situation that I could never have planned where if I hadn't been there, the nuns would have gotten flowers anyway, and I just wouldn't have been there. So it's just yeah. really cool that like just trying to follow that, um, that call to discern religious life and actually taking action on it led to this other request being answered, which is pretty yeah. cool. That is yeah. cool. When we pray that novena, which we do every year because it's one of our most popular ones, we'll get pictures of uh, flowers and roses that people are seeing uh, throughout the novena. And that's just so cool to see. Yeah, it's so powerful. I hope you are loving my conversation with Annie as much as I am. I wanted to take a really quick break to tell you about today's episode sponsor, the Carmelite Sisters of Baltimore. They are the very first community of women religious in the 13 colonies and the first Carmelite order in all of North America, founded in 1790, so you know that they are doing something right. I loved reading these sisters' description of their order. Seized by the unconditional love of Jesus Christ and allured to the mountaintop, the sisters embrace the mystical flame of contemplation as their life's grounding. Wow, that is beautiful. The Carmelite sisters have regular discernment retreats throughout the year that you won't want to miss if you're discerning religious life or thinking that God might be calling you. So take action right now and look them up at baltimorecarmel.org. I was so moved by one sister's testimony. She said, are you willing to follow Christ wherever he may lead you? Or do you set limits on where you will go? We should all take that challenge very personally and I give it to you today. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain by exploring a vocation with the sisters. And um, so, yeah, what are, what are some of the ways that you've heard from your community um, of God answering their prayers? Yeah, usually um, at the very beginning of a novena, we have a link where people can post their prayer intentions. And then towards the end of the novena, we'll send out another link. And that's where people can share their answered prayers. Mm. Um, and we like to go through those every month and send out an email with those just to keep things um, hopeful for others who are mm. continuing to pray and consistently coming to prayer, even if things aren't going as they'd hoped yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just hear the most amazing things. There will be people during the St. Peregrine Novena, who is the patron saint of cancer patients. We'll hear from people who are being healed, people whose cancer is going away. Mm. Um, we'll hear from people who got a job offer and had been working and waiting for that for a really long time. Mm. One that I love to hear about when I answered prayer, I like is when families are being mended and healing is happening in relationships. That's mm. a really beautiful one to hear. Um, and one that I also feel like is so notable is we'll hear from people who say their intention really isn't going well. They're not seeing God answering that, um, but they feel some level of peace 
Mm -hmm. uh, with where they're at and where they're waiting. And I think that's, that's a big answer in itself. And it's beautiful when people experience that and notice that as an answer too. So Mm -hmm. they're not feeling like I didn't get something, um, but they're feeling his presence overwhelming them in that moment. And that's probably one of my favorite ones because I feel that it's probably more common for many of us to pray in Ovina and not see something happen for a while than it is to always get a very clear answered prayer. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I was sharing with you before we started recording that I'm taking part in your healing novena um, this, I think it's this month, whatever it is, August. What's it, what month is it? <laughs> August. <laughs> yeah. Currently going on. And yeah, a lot of the the transformation that I've seen happen. Now, this isn't a novena, it's a retreat, but still, same concept where a lot of my prayer, I've, I've noticed a change in myself, even though the outward circumstances haven't changed, it's it's me. And mm-hmm. so I don't need to uh, prove to anyone the things that I thought I did, or I don't need to feel like I've been um, justified, or I don't feel like I need to be right you know, I'm, I'm noticing a change where I'm just at peace with what is and sort of able to move through my day without having those things that I want to happen, happen, but I'm okay without those things happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful to hear. And I feel like, uh, when we feel things like that, the only answer as to why that's happening is God's presence and the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's uh, taking you into the bigger picture to remember that, you know, your life is bigger than your four walls and your life is, is part, of, um, part of a plan uh, that is so far beyond you. So yeah. there's peace in that. Just remembering, like, almost like remembering how small you are somehow is very peaceful just because it's, you're, you're big to God, but at the same time, um, all, all things are working for good. And that, that's really good to remember. Yeah. And mm-hmm. something else that we encounter uh, with our emails is that we have people praying with us from all around the world. And there are some people who are praying in countries where it's not safe to be Catholic or to be mm. practicing their faith. And so they're praying these novenas um, hidden. And sometimes mm. they're by themselves. Sometimes they have a community. But I know a lot of people can feel very alone. It's probably one of the biggest things that people are suffering from is isolation and loneliness. Mm. And we have heard from some people that they're just so happy that they get to be a part of this community, even if they don't know who else is praying. But to know someone is. You're praying the same prayer someone else is praying this day. All around the world, there are people doing it. And there's some sense of community in that that I think is also healing for those who are suffering from isolation and loneliness. Mm, that is amazing. And you shared something with me in one of our email exchanges. You have close to half a million people praying with you, right? Is it that that big? Yeah, it is. It's the craziest thing. I think mm. it's around 470,000 or something like wow. that. Yeah. That's amazing. It's very difficult to imagine. It's beyond yeah. imagining it. Um, I'm really impressed you have time for this podcast. <laughs> Getting emails <laughs> from 470,000 people. Wow. It is, it is crazy and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, you almost have like Catholic Facebook. You know how Facebook would like gather information on people? <laughs> What's going on? Like what people want and you know, they like, they, they took all this. Well, 
not dishonestly, but people share their information of what they want. You're, yeah. You guys are like the Catholic Facebook, like knowing people's intentions. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's something that surprised me um, early on. It's been a long time since we started praying more novenas, but early on, I was surprised that people would share such intimate intentions with us that they asked us to pray for, for them. But I figured over time um, that that was happening because I think there's a lack of connection in a lot of people's mm -hmm. lives. A lot of people don't have someone safe or someone who shares their faith that they can share these things with. Wow. And so I am such a bleeding heart for people who are hurting. And mm -hmm. so kind of being in the position that we are here with um, corresponding with people and hearing what their intentions are, it allows us, I guess, to know which novenas we need to put out there, what we need mm -hmm. to share with people that could in any way help them or help them feel better or give them some semblance of like comfort and peace. Yeah, that's amazing. I think sometimes it is even easier to share things behind a screen as well, even if you do have safe people mm -hmm. in your life. Like it, it somehow feels like because you may not encounter that person in real life if they're on another continent, like you can say something that isn't going to hurt other people in your immediate environment or something. You can really share what you're hurting about. So how do you keep yourself um, healthy spiritually and emotionally with just receiving all of these sort of heavy um, secrets from people? Oh, it's interesting. I think um, when I first started, I, I was working at a TV station as a TV producer um, and the kind of news that we were producing, like most TV stations, most local news, it included just a lot of heavy stuff, a lot of really sad stories. And mm -hmm. I do remember feeling overwhelmed with the heaviness of what was being carried by so many people, both mm -hmm. at like at my job and then at home, um, through Primo Novenas. But at this point, it just feels so natural to share in that with other people, um, mm -hmm. I, a huge blessing that's come from this is that people pray for us too. And mm -hmm. I'm incredibly moved by it since, you know, they don't know us personally, but we have this novena relationship mm -hmm. and they pray for us. And so I just feel like we are in this solidarity place where we are carrying one another's burdens through those prayers. Um, but of course, like praying on our own and spending time in adoration when we can, and daily mass when we can, or even just reading the daily mass readings. Mm -hmm. I find to be really helpful for keeping my mind focused on what matters and remembering hope at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I imagine the surrender novena doesn't hurt either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I come back to so much with, um, with discernment or any problem is surrendering to God. And you mentioned the surrender novena um, a little bit earlier, I think before we started recording. So um, I, and I want to give a shout out to that one because that was so instrumental in my discernment. And it, like you said, you know, it, it changes you from the inside and it, it's, it helps your prayer. It helps you to pray like Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane um, and to unite yourself to God's will. So definitely that's another good one for everyone to check out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I found something on your blog that I just want to share. Um, it was, I wish I could remember the name of the blog post, but I'll link to it in the show notes. It was on your Catholic wife, Catholic life blog, um, which has some fantastic uh, blog posts on there. 
but you said praying isn't so that we can get what we're asking for. Praying is meant to transform us to bring us closer to God. Praying doesn't exist so that we can control him, but so that we can open our hearts to be led by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've kind of already touched on this, but you know, what, what would you encourage people to change about their prayer if you do feel like God isn't answering your intention? Because this is a big frustration that I hear with discernment is God isn't answering me yeah. and I have to make a decision now. So what do you, what do you recommend? I think um, changing the focus of a prayer is something that I, I've done a lot and I feel like works in a sense. But let's say um, we are praying for healing in whatever faculty or way we need it. Um, and we don't see that happening, then I would probably change my prayer to be like, um, God, I'd like to know what you want me to know about this time in my life, what, how you want me to live this time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that in like that discernment or waiting, I can see some fruit. Um, mm-hmm. I can be active in a way he wants me to. Yes. And then another thing that I pretty much go to constantly a real big change in my prayer throughout the years has been um, if the healing doesn't happen, then I just go to, okay, if that's not happening, if you're not going to relieve whatever burden it is that we have, then I ask for strength, um, Mm -hmm. for endurance and all the graces that I need for every single day, because Mm -hmm. I believe that he is giving us those things. That's something I trust in so much. And so, That's like my go-to is, okay, we are maybe not seeing an answer to that really big prayer, but let's kind of take a few steps back and try to have a better understanding of what what we can work with here with God. Mm -hmm. And being more aware of what he might be doing in this time is something he can show us. Mm -hmm. And just giving us what we need to get through every single day is something he'll also do. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That is, that is such a good prayer. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing, sharing so many interesting things about your ministry, what you do. And um, I'll link to all of the novenas that you mentioned in the show notes, because you can pray them any, every, like any day you want to, right. You, you can go yes. on pray more novenas. You can sign up for whatever novena you want. And it's kind of like novenas on demand, right? Exactly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's so cool. It's like Netflix for novenas. <laughs> yeah yeah I love it that's great so I'll link to all of those and um yeah where can people connect with you um um they can find all of our websites probably through your show notes but um I am probably most social on Facebook and Instagram and those handles are Catholic Life Catholic Life Well, thank you so much, Annie, for your time today. It's been such a pleasure, and I can't wait to put this one out into the wild. Yeah, it was so great to talk with you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. You're welcome, and thank you. Now, I was very blessed to collaborate with Annie this year for an Advent retreat, which is going to be hosted by Pray More Novenas. So that was going to start, gosh, Advent's coming right up. It's going to start next week. So feel free to visit through the link in the show notes and you can sign up for your free Advent retreat to help rejuvenate your spiritual life and get you all ready for Christmas. Stick around because I'm going to be singing a beautiful Advent song, Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven. I thought this one would be really appropriate for this time of year. And if you haven't written that pesky iTunes review yet that you've been meaning to write, could you do me an enormous favor and just go ahead and write it? It takes 10 seconds. I would so appreciate it. God bless you. Can't wait to see you all again in two weeks.
Stop!